0: You're listening to Toronto's number one real estate podcast, powered by Watson Estates. The most successful local real estate investing starts right here, right now. Here's your host, broker, investor, and social media
1: influencer, Bradley Watson.
0: Investors Bradley here from Watson Estates and you're listening to the largest fastest growing podcast for Toronto real estate on iTunes, Spotify and Google Podcasts. Why are we number 1? Well, I'll tell you, it's because we have the best guests and today may be the best guest interview we've had since starting this podcast. His name is Ronald Alfonso, his website mortgagebrokerstore.com. You're going to want to check that out at the end of this podcast cuz you're going to learn everything there is to know about power of sales and what opportunities are coming to us as residents and investors here in Ontario into 2021. I know you're going to love this podcast. Enjoy. Hey Ron, how you doing?
1: Very good. How you doing?
0: Great. Thank you for joining us. It's been wonderful connecting with you and your firm. And as I'm talking to you in advance of this little discussion we're going to have, I'm realizing you have so much good information to share with investors across Toronto. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about you just to kind of warm things up here
1: okay, I started off as an investor, just like all of your, uh, you know, all of the other people watching and um, <clears throat> didn't work out so well. So we lost money on a few deals. And that's when I decided we had to get more active into actually managing the properties and understanding all the legal aspects of everything we're doing, not just the purchase, but what happens at say the landlord tenant board, how do how does a power of sale or foreclosure work? what to look for, the type of lawyers that we would hire to do the work, and the type of lawyers that we are going against, which is even more important than your own lawyers, okay? And this has been a 20, 25 year journey. We have, you know, we're pretty successful. We tend to uh, spend a lot of time on research uh, understanding our markets, understanding what's happening, you know, sometimes it's a good time to buy. Sometimes it's a good time just to sit there and do nothing. All right. So those are all different aspects that, uh, everyone should, you know, take an interest in.
0: Okay. So I'm making a note here. I'm going to ask you at the end if we should buy or do nothing. So hold, hold that thought. Okay. So, okay. Um, so Tell us a little bit about your experience in now you do a few key things and having conversations with you, I'm realizing we're not supposed to be lawyers. We're not supposed to act or pretend to be lawyers, but you have a, a huge wealth of information in the legal system. Um, I picked that up almost immediately and I would love this conversation to dive deep into power of sales. And uh, so maybe you can tell us a little bit about your experience or your firm's experience in power of sales.
1: Okay. So we've been handling power of sales for 20 to 25 years. Like I said, uh, power of a sale. First things I want all of your clients to go out and read the Ontario mortgages act. All right. I'll say it again. The Ontario mortgages act. That's what governs the power of sale process. So that gives you the outline. Then, Next thing is to understand that there are, in a power of sale, there's different dynamics going on. One is the, uh, let's, for instance, say we are the lender and we wanna put somebody into power of sale. Well, that means we have to have a lawyer. Um, the, the, uh, we've got a mortgage on the property. We have to have the right lawyer to do a power of sale. Do not get a wills or a contract lawyer to do a power of sale. Not even a general real estate lawyer. Get a lawyer that handles powers of sales. Ask them if they've handled powers of sale. If you don't know anybody, then call us. I'll give you a bunch of them. Every lawyer is uh, legally able to do a power of sale. Very few know exactly what they're doing. So in our in, in my case, you know, I've learned that the hard way again. So we try and do two different areas. We might be power of sailing somebody, but in most cases we are trying to stop a power of sale. So in that case, there we would be the investor sort of like your clients and somebody's got a house somewhere and they're about to lose it but we could come in and either give them a new mortgage or they might be wanting to sell it to us at a discount by the way because of the situation let's assume that's what we're talking about here so in this case here you as the buyer or mortgage investor has to know enough about The home and the owners and the legal situation to make a decision. You can do it two different ways. You can find out the information yourself, which will take you some time but won't cost you a lot of money. Or you can get your lawyer to do it, which would cost you a lot. I will tell you that the failure rate in doing this is, you know, more than 50%, say 70-80%. So if you keep going to the lawyer all the time you're going to spend tens of thousands of dollars and get nowhere. The real trick here is knowing the paperwork. So look at it when you see this, because the homeowner will have it. You can look at it and say, okay, here's how much time the guy's got. Here's how much money is owed. Here's what we think the equity is. And here's how we buy it. So now we get into all the different legal documents, which you can go to, our website and take a look at, and we also have videos on it. So and it explains what to look for. So you wanna know stuff like, is it a power of sale? Or is it a foreclosure? And that states right on the statement of claim. Now, this is really important. You go to the statement of claim. You'll look on the first page. It's the words are there, statement of claim. If it just says statement of claim, it's a regular power of sale. If it says the word foreclosure, then they're losing everything. And now your legal urgency goes up tenfold. As soon as they're evicted, they lose everything. So let's say it's a foreclosure, the house is worth a million dollars, he owes zero. On the day of eviction, that homeowner loses everything.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna pause you for a second because when we hear foreclosures, it, my mind jumps to the US. I don't see foreclosures around our market. So, what, what drops somebody in a foreclosure bucket or drops them in a power of sale bucket? How do they get to that spot?
1: Really good question. That is totally decided by the lender and the lender's lawyer. So, in Ontario, you have two options you can put a person into a power of sale or a foreclosure. The banks, the major banks, RBC and all that, essentially they're putting everybody power of sale. But then you have private lenders with specialized mortgage enforcement lawyers, okay? (laughs) Who, if they see enough equity, they'll do the foreclosure. So let's say the equity is above $50,000 to $100,000, they'll do the foreclosure. And that means they're just taking everything. Uh, it, it doesn't happen very often in Ontario. Power of sale is much, much more common. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, power of sale is also faster. So that's a big difference right there.
0: So, okay, so let's say there's, there's a ton of, and I think everyone's starting to pick up what I'm saying here. There's a ton of goods in here. Like we've got two sides, right? Your, your clients are generally would be people saying, save me. I'm going to a power of sale. That's the people you're coming across. And clearly it's presenting deals, which is immediately fascinating. We just actually had one of the largest wholesalers in the GTA on our podcast. And we're talking about this idea of finding these opportunity There you go. So maybe reaching out to Ron and saying, Hey, you got any deals out here is a great starting point. And I think so. So given all that, knowing our audience is mostly investors or interested in, you know, maybe getting connected with power of sale deals, what does that journey look like for the person in that power of sale? So you've got yours, you know, like you've defaulted or you're not making your payments, things are kind of progressing. How does that all kind of work out? What's the flow and in what ways are we as investors able to kind of tap into that? Where's our kind of access point to really save them and, and be available to help protect them from having to go into that position?
1: Okay, so let's assume the uh, person, are investors, they know somebody in power of sale. They need to determine, first off, you know, uh, they need to get the documents so they can see at what stage it is. Did they just get a notice of sale, which is the very beginning, or did they get an eviction notice at the very end? At the very beginning, you have more time to make your decisions and do your analysis. At the very end, eviction, well, you have to do it really quick and make your decision. So it's more complicated because you as the investor are putting up your money and you have to have a lot of cash available very quickly. So let's take a look at the beginning of it. uh, For instance, we can see the statement of claim or the notice of sale. We can see how much money is required. Let's say it, it. Let's say it's $100,000 is the amount required by the previous lender, and let's say the house is worth $300,000. Well, that's a pretty good deal for any investor because you can take over a, uh, you can pay out the $100,000, you can put a new mortgage on, make your interest and your fees, and you're still at like a 33% loan-to-value ratio, which is really what your guys are looking for. Okay. So knowing the paperwork, the because pa- the paperwork from the power of sale will tell you how much is owed. You look at how much is owed, look at the date, look at the interest rate, and you can calculate it right there. It's on, it's a legally submitted document. So you can tell, and they can't change this and they can't lie about it. So now that investor knows how much is paid or owed, and they can do it with a, fair amount of accuracy. Okay. They can go back to all these online um, uh, real estate tools, look up the property value, look at the comparables and say, okay, that house is worth 300,000. 100,000 is owed. There's 200,000 equity. We should do this today. Let's get it done right now. Like that's what we do. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, you know, so that's how you do it. The real point is when you look at the paperwork, you have to know what you're looking at. So the beginning point then would be the notice of sale and the statement of claim of a power of sale. Then we have the writ of possession, then we get to the eviction. Uh, The writ of possession, basically you'd have about two to three weeks before eviction if the writ of possession is there, okay? Now, what that means now is that you don't have a lot of time to make all your decisions. You have to really work quickly. Uh, A house can be purchased. I've done it in one day. But to put a mortgage on takes longer, actually. It usually takes about, the fastest you can do a mortgage is about three to five days, Um, primarily because you've got to get the opposing lawyers to give you paperwork and so on. Um, if it is a bank type, if it's RBC or BMO, one of those guys that put the homeowner into power of sale, they have a certain group of law firms. You know, I can go over Gowling's at Gucci Calabretta, Chaytons, KRG, a bunch of them, okay? Those are their standard law firms. If you ask them for the right paperwork, they will send it to you. Usually three four days. You've got everything you need, and you can pay them out. It's called a payout statement. Everybody, you request a discharge statement. Okay, there. Um, that will give you their official amount that they want, and it has to have a date. Okay, a specific date on the payout. That'll give that specific date. You take that money. You you letter, you give it to your lawyer, you tell your lawyer, pay it, and you either have a mortgage or you can own the house. Okay. So you're coming again, obviously
0: from the perspective of trying to support these these individuals that are on the verge of losing their property. Now, what is the game plan going into this? So they've been given notice. Is the, is the plan to try and keep the property or is the plan to try and keep some equity from the property? Like as an investor, when I'm moving in, am I trying to get a house to keep them in as maybe a tenant? Am I trying to take over the home and, you know, say, adios, thank you. Here's a little bit of money. What, what, what's the outcome you're looking for?
1: Okay. Good question. Um, So we kind of (laughs) have, right. So here's the way we, here's the way we approach it. We, we talk to the homeowner. We ask them what they want. Invariably, most of them say, we want to stay in the house, right. but we don't know if that's possible for a few reasons. Here they are. Number one, if the person has no income and you're putting a new mortgage on it, they are going to go into default for sure. Number two, what if the equity is only 25 or 20% in the property? That's getting a little thin especially if it's going to go into power of sale. So let's say it's thin, okay? You talk to the homeowner, they say, we want to keep it. You look at the numbers, it says it's really tight. You tell the homeowner, here's the situation. And this is what I do. I tell them, I can't give you a mortgage that will keep you in the house forever. That's no one can, it doesn't exist. But what I can do, I can stop the pending eviction. We can give you a small mortgage to bring you either back into good standing or we can pay out your existing mortgage. Here's the term in my mortgage. You must put this house up for sale within a certain period of time. And you're gonna love this, you guys. Listen to this carefully, okay? In your mortgage, right in your mortgage commitment, okay? you must put the house up for a certain period of time. And because you are the lender, you can dictate who the real estate agent is. Because I know a lot of you guys are real estate agents, okay? That means the right in the mortgage commitment, it says the lender has the exclusive right to assign the real estate agent. That means you can choose any real estate you want, agent you want, and they can sell the house. The homeowner has to, should, should be the one who eventually signs all the papers. The homeowner will deal with the real estate agent. You simply assign the real estate agent, okay? What that does is it gives you control and influence in the sale. You don't determine the price and you're not legally responsible for the ultimate selling price. Let's say it sells below market value. That's not your problem. The homeowner did it. You just control everything in the background.
0: Cool. I love it. Love it. So, so that's where the power of sale is right there. That's the power you're holding. <laughs> okay. So uh, we now we talked a little bit about the process. So people get uh, as much as they can pick up because there's, there's a, that's just a fire how ho is worth of uh, info coming at everybody. But, now, yeah. from a perspective of the market, you guys are heavily involved in the market. And in fact, you guys have reached out to our podcast and I was—I get a lot of requests, but I was immediately intrigued by the change and what's happening in the market with Power of Sales. And even before this podcast, we're talking a little bit about it. W- what do you see happening right now? If you were to say like, from all the years of experience you've got and focusing specifically in this segment, what's changing in the last few months since COVID?
1: Okay, so let me give you a little historical perspective so we can reflect. Um, Historically, for Ontario and across Canada, the default rate, and this is according to the Canadian Bankers Association, is about 0.3% of all mortgages' default power of sale. For the past two years, with lower interest rates, the default rate has dropped down below 0.1%. So we're substantially lower than the average, and that was... 0.1% was uh, January of this year. So now to today, we are still at that 0.1%, but no one's paying their mortgages, okay? So that number is artificial at this point in time. Now we come back, if at some point we believe that the average should go back to its historical average of 0.3, absent of COVID-19 and everything, well then at some point, we go from one to 0.3, which means there's gonna be a lot more powers of sales out there. Now, here's another little point. The, uh, the average number right now, 0.1% means that um, 2,000 houses in Ontario are in power of sale at any given point. If it goes to 0.3, which is the average, That means that approximately 6,000 houses are in power of sale. Now, now we bring in the COVID factor. So we know that a lot of people have lost their jobs. We know that the government has uh, basically stopped all court proceedings. So effective March 15th, all court proceedings stopped. Effective, I think it was um, August 1st, lawyers could submit statements of claims to the court. They won't be processed, but they'll be in the queue lined up. Okay, so they did start submitting August 1st. As of September 1st, the uh, banks could. start their process as well, their legal process, because the mortgage deferrals ended September 1st. So we uh, just took a look today, for instance, and the banks are sending in large numbers of uh, power of sales. Very large numbers, okay? What is is large numbers or
0: is it still undetermined because they're still just sending them in?
1: Uh, The system can only take so much per day yeah. And it's maxed out every day for the past few days.
0: Oh
1: boy. So that sounds what, like fun. We don't know what the number is because we can't tell. Okay. I need to go what, and get that law
0: is, degree after all.
1: Yeah. So what I think is <laughs> happening is the law firms that work for the major banks can only process so much a day. The input on the court registry can only take so much. They're at the max. So they're just sitting there. Okay. Here's so many a day and they, they're going to keep going. Wow. This process will continue for the next six months to a year. I don't think they're going to catch up for quite a while. So, so now we know that there's going to be many, many more powers of sales coming up. So the question now becomes, what, what should we do in the market? I think, I think that's what you're looking for. That is exactly
0: what, what I'm
1: looking for. What should we do? What what do we what does our company and our staff think is gonna happen? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's lay out this scenario for you. This is what we believe. In a natural course of time, the number of power of sales should go up at any rate in this economy. With the added COVID effect, mortgage deferrals, and so on, it should go up higher than normal. Now let's look at time frames. As I said, September the 1st is when the uh, major banks could start to put in their uh, statements of claim. The statements of claim will take time to get through the court system. Uh, we could look at approximately uh, two to three months. So we'd be talking about end of November to December is when the mass number of court judgments will start to come out. So once again, there's different steps in the legal process. You can submit it, when do you get through the line? When do you get, what we're looking for is a judgment on the claim, which we expect to happen in bulk, November, December.
0: Because we started at the beginning of September.
1: Right. Got it. So there's, there's all these time delays built into the legal system. So right now, today, today, September, what, 17th? Yep. All we hear is the market's super hot. Everybody's buying the house. They're going like crazy, super hot. Well, yeah, but there's not a lot of houses out there for sale. Condos aren't doing so great. And people, there's just not a lot of houses. We go back to the point now of all these potential houses that will get put onto the market. So when we're talking about 40 to 80,000 houses, that's, that's not a few. That's a crazy number. And this is in Ontario. That's just Ontario. Correct. So now let's think about this. We expect those houses to start hitting the market in December and all of next year. Because the government is and the banks are not going to do it all at once. Right, of course. You know, there's going to be this rolling uh, legal process. Do so you think it can go all the way through 2021? And into 2022. Wow. That, that far. Wow. You cannot put that many houses onto the market at once without having a major detrimental impact in the system. But are
0: the banks all doing it for the good of the economy? Are they doing it for their own books?
1: Okay. So the banks, why did they do a deferral? The federal government told them to. Right. I remember the banks are totally backed up by the government. It's called moral suasion is the term they use. And um, they're, they're being told by the government, here's the pace. And It's also in the bank's best interest. You gotta remember uh, to know know how many are really going into power of sale. Each each and every one of your clients can do this. They can go into the bank's quarterly reports, look at their loan loss reserves. Compare the loan loss reserves today to the loan loss reserves of last year. We'll see that the loan loss reserves have gone up three and 400%.
0: Is this the uh, provisions that they've said? Is that the number you're watching or this is different from the provisions of losses?
1: They're provisions for losses, right? Okay? Got it, So when we say that, because I think, I, I forgot, I think so it was- banks going down the tube is what you're saying. <laughs> no, they're not going down the tube. They make too much money. All, all, all they're doing here is saying, wow, we have to account for so many houses uh, that are going to default now. A good one to look at would be, say, RBC, yep. um, home trust, and equitable. And you'll see the huge increase in their low loan loss reserves. That definitely indicates that they expect bad times in, in that sector, okay? So they're gonna have to write off a big chunk of money for a while. But what does that mean to us? So we ex- they expect a large number of houses coming on the market. When when do we see the opportunity? So the opportunity should start to become available December and all of next year, all the way to say, we're gonna get the good stuff in February, March, all the way till this time next year, September, October.
0: So you're you're expecting the spring 2021 to be at its knees, not not climbing nearly like forecasts are saying.
1: Okay, so now we have two different things going on here. We have the real estate boards like uh, Korea and all those guys. No matter what, they are going to tell you the market's great and the market's hot. (laughs) Okay, you know, right now they're telling you the market's fantastic. It's up ten and twenty percent. Just to give you an idea. (laughs) <laughs> okay, hold on here. But what what they're saying is <clears throat> they're saying the GTA market's hot.
0: Yeah, no, At for sure. GTA, there's, a, there's a story being pitched for sure.
1: Right. So that means Oshawa's up 20%, but Toronto's up 1%. Condos are down. They're just manipulating the m- numbers to always say everything's great. How can it always be great? You know, no, no, no. They're just manipulating. Yeah, that's always great. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So now the real trick becomes understanding that this is a time period or that's the time period that houses are going to be coming on the market for sale under power of sale, okay? And then you can go in and negotiate. The real thing is a lot of the people, they're under pressure. So you you are at the advantage as the investor. You can go in and say, you know, there's a lot of other houses for sale. Give me, you know, I can help you out in this manner by offering you this amount of money. Uh, You always have to structure the deal so that the homeowner benefits and you benefit. If you're trying to just benefit by yourself, you're not going to get a deal. Think of a win-win. Make sure they get money. They're happy and make sure you get the money you want and you're happy too. And, I got to tell you, a lot of these people who are in trouble, they know other people that are in trouble. We get referrals on people who are in power of sale, okay? And you'll get more of them. But definitely from Christmas time of this year, Christmas time is usually the worst time to, for our business in general.
0: Right?
1: Not, I don't think that's going to happen. You get kicked
0: out for Christmas.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, evictions don't happen at Christmas time. Uh, the sheriff's office shuts down effectively from first of December to the second week of January, the, the evictions are all there, but they don't get kicked out.
0: Yeah. Okay. So can I, still- while we're on that note, I, I want to dive, cause I know we, we can honestly, I have a hundred questions, but I want to, I want to dive quickly into the rental space with rental evictions, because do you, what percentage of the ones that go into power of sale are rental based? And do you think that that number will go up?
1: wow that's a great question again so let's look at the you got two different environments there you've got the condo market and you've got the housing market so a lot of these tenants are not paying they're just saying they don't have to they won't landlord tenant board's not operating right now basically uh so I do know a bunch of people that are renting properties who are not getting paid and they can't throw them out. So now in the condo market, what are you going to do? You can't throw them out. We're going to have to wait until the legal process allows us, allows them to be thrown out. Mm -hmm. But if you're the, I think you're asking about the, what if you own it, right? You're the
0: owner, but you've got a tenant that's maybe not paying, maybe is paying, but there's also surges of now you've got, even if you do pick up a tenant, what kind of tenant are you picking up when everyone that's getting kicked out is not so high quality? So just, I think my question is more so that whole environment, do you see that having an impact and in increasing of power sales and is it a big part of your portfolio or do they tend to be, you know, a little bit more financially savvy and not prone to going into power sale?
1: Okay. It's, it's always a component. It's like, 20% or 25% of what we do is a condo market. The majority is houses, okay? The people we have, let, let's look at it from what I'd call the investor class uh, and the renter people, the, the people that buy the condos to rent them, okay? Um, a lot of them were doing the Airbnb thing they're suffering big time because you can't do the Airbnb. Those condos will be coming on the market fairly quickly, fairly soon, as a matter of fact, if not already, you'll start to see some. Um, Here's a great one for you. Take a look at near York University. On the south side of York University, there is an area called the Village, I think it is. Those are all tenant uh, student rental housing. I predict that a large number of those are gonna go on power of sale. You can just drive around there, walk around there, take a look on their doors, and you might be able to buy one of those cheaply because those are student rental. There are very few students there. The present owners are gonna be in big trouble. There might be opportunities there. That's just one segue. So as as a person that owns a condo, how do you get them out? Right now, the only legal option you have is what they call the eviction or the the family move-in option, okay? If you do those, fine, you can legally do it. If you're trying to go through the landlord-tenant board, I don't know when you can actually get that to happen. So you're kind of stuck. you know, if this is a, a situation where the homeowner is very desperate or, or the, the owner of the condo or house is desperate and they can't get the tenant out and they're not getting paid. And what happens if the owner of the property is now can't make the mortgage payments and they're put in power of sale? Then I'd say you have to go with the putting in a family member in there to get that tenant out. And you know that might be the only way to do it. You, or you'd have to wait whatever period of time, a month or six months before you can legally do it.
0: Yeah, okay, so one more, one more quick question before we kind of wrap up here. Um, so from the, the power of sale properties that hit the market, generally speaking, they are at market value. And I think it's important to differentiate. Can you maybe explain the difference between someone who's connected through firms like yours and is able to get access to them pre-market versus ones that are put on the market and in actual power of sale being listed by the financial institutions?
1: Okay, so let's go with the financial institution. The financial institution has, um, for whatever reason, they've gone through the entire legal process. The homeowner has been usually evicted and the bank has the duty to try and sell the house at the highest price possible. They don't necessarily do that, but they could. How do you know what price they're, they're going to accept? Well, you can always take a look at, because it did go through power sale, you can go get copies of their power sale documents, find out how much money they want. Then you take a look at how much um, on the various websites, how much the market value is. And you can determine they're going to be within 10 to 20% of the market value as long as it's above the mortgage amount. So let's say the house is worth 500,000. There's $300,000 owed to the bank. You can offer like 420 to 450 range and you'd probably get it. But if the mortgage is say 500 and the house is worth 500, the bank's gonna to be tough to deal with. So that's the banking perspective, okay? Now from, let's say you know a person that's going into power sale or they're in the process, they're still in the house. You as a lender have the opportunity to negotiate with the homeowner you need the information on how much is owed and you still need the information on what you think it's worth. Then the negotiating points become, well, if I buy it off you, you don't have to pay the real estate fees. You are avoiding being evicted. You're avoiding all this additional legal cost. So therefore, I'm by buying it off you, I am saving you You know, on the average house 50 to $80,000. It's a really good bargaining position and you save a lot. You can save a lot of money. And by the way, the homeowner saves a lot of money. It's a win-win again. Okay.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. Ron, I appreciate your time. I honestly, we'll probably do this again soon, <laughs> especially okay. as things roll out and we get new stats and, and figures coming out. So maybe uh, where our audience member is able to get a hold of you, get more information about what you guys do over there. Yep.
1: They can come see us at our website, which is mortgagebrokerstore.com. They can also give me a call at 416-499-2122. Our email address is on our website, Mortgage Broker Store, again. And uh, if they have questions, feel free to give us a call. It's a complicated topic, so it it does take a little time to understand.
0: Beautiful. Well, we're going to keep bringing you on until we understand it. So we'll Well, see you next time. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thanks again. Take
1: care. Bye.